0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Beginning on Thursday, May 6th, running through May 9th, Turner Classic Movies will be uh, running, airing its uh, fantastic film series, film festival, which is going to be available not only through TCM but also through HBO Max. And as usual, there's an amazing array of classic films, hidden gems, and special programming. And one of the uh, special programs that will be a part of this uh, film festival is one called Special Collections. And uh, we're joined today by uh, two uh, remarkable and influential filmmakers who uh, were part of the so-called L.A. Rebellion. Uh, and that's what we're going to be talking about, these this, uh, this, these filmmakers and the influence that they've had on succeeding generation of filmmakers. The two people we're going to be talking to are Charles Burnett. You know him from To Sleep With Anger, as well as Killer of Sheep, and also with... Billy Woodbury, and we'll know him from his film called Bless Their Little Hearts. And uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for for agreeing to come on today to talk about the L.A. Rebellion and what that means, what it's meant to you, but also in terms of filmmaking and moving forward. Billy, I'll start with you. What inspired you to become a filmmaker?
1: I think uh, maybe I I had early exposure or exposure to... uh... At a particular moment in early 70s, exposure to the movies of the Cinema Nova in Brazil, exposure to Cuban movies, even documentary movies, the movies of Tomás Ley, Santiago Alvarez, and Cuban cinema in general. Because it, it just happened. And also, Cinema Nova films like Global Rocha, Rui Guerra, Caca uh, Diegues, and all those people. In the case of the Cinema Nova, for instance, it uh, Brazil has one of the largest uh, African descended populations in the world, right? So they had, and also because they, in South America, they shared certain features of the same economy and history and story as North America, right? Mm-hmm. So it meant that when I saw those films, what I saw is a portrayal of the Afro-Brazilians, in a way that I couldn't find comparable portrayals in the American cinema, except in very rare instances, right? So I was impressed by that. I didn't announce it, but that was one feature that was quite attractive. The experimentation of the filmmaking, all of that was impressive, but I knew I couldn't equal, right? (laughs) And so I think that inspired me to at least entertain the idea. And then, after doing uh, the coursework for a master's degree in Latin American studies as a consequence of seeing these films, I thought, okay, I would like to do that. So quietly, I started to tell some people, and they said, well, why don't you uh, apply to UCLA Film School? And I met a classmate of, of Charles's, uh, Mario mm-hmm. da Silva, right? And Mario was the first guy to take me to uh, UCLA because his thesis film was screening with a number of other films. Uh, films. And that's the first time I saw Charles Burnett, right? And I took a chance and I applied to the school and I was admitted to the school. And when I arrived at the school, there was already a cohort of Black students, Chicano students and Asian American students and foreign students from Iran, from Egypt, from different places, and all of them were kind of passionate about cinema, about movies, right? So I thought it was encouraging and healthy environment, right? And I thought maybe I could do this. And uh, timidly, reluctantly, and that kind of thing, I went ahead and I tried to learn how to do it and learn what I preferred, what I might try to do, what I might try to say. And I think, as I said earlier, the ethics of this uh, group, especially the black students, that the work should extend beyond the school boundaries it should uh, somehow relate to the communities that we either purport or in fact represent and that whatever we learn we should be trying to share that with others outside of the school and encourage them so i think that was very helpful and it was a large enough group we didn't all do the same thing we didn't all have the same ideas But I think the healthy dimension to it was the ethics of uh, reaching back, uh, connecting to the community that in a way sort of made our existence on that campus. And those numbers uh, made it possible. And at the same time, the ethic that, okay, the way you learn is by doing in part, and the way you do is by helping others then because film is a collaborative or a a collective or a team project then you will have people to help you that was very good and that was how i experienced it the other thing is uh that they had i think uh okay i should probably stop at that it's a long
0: (laughs) okay Charles Burnett, uh, I think um, a lot of people will be familiar with um, your early work. If they are familiar with your early work, The Killer of Sheep. What year was that made?
2: Well, I, I think I, 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 it's been a long time, but I, I think it started around um, 70, excuse me, 1972 or something like that. I just was admitted to graduate school at UCLA. Yeah. And so it was around that time because I was apply, I applied to to, to graduate, I mean, to, uh, to to get my candidacy. And I started around that time, but I didn't finish it until a couple of years later because I did it you know, on the weekends and things like that. Because I was hoping to do another film uh, while I was working on that one. And, and then, you know, we were a bunch of students that were just using equipment and everything and preventing other students from coming in because we just dominated everything, you know, in terms of equipment. And then they said, no, you guys have to leave. And so he kicked a bunch of us out. And so it was during that time I I had to rush to finish, uh, kill or a sheep, and so that's how that got uh, yeah. made in a sense in a rush sort of way. But I I had uh, got interested in, in film because I remember uh, this one incident. I mean it, it happened or uh, several times. In the schools I went to were very bad, you know, and particularly elementary school because I remember being in a class and not knowing what school was about. And the teacher came down the aisle you know, because we were kind of rowdy in a certain way. And he pointed at different students and said, you're not going to be anything and you're not going to be anything. And he pointed to me and said, and you're not going to be anything. And I, and I, of course, I took offense to that, you know. And then in high school, the same thing happened, you know. I had this uh, a teacher who had a, this, a, a name like Mr. Crabtree, you know. And he was, would always be on our case and, and say, well, if you had a brain, you'd be dangerous, you know. So I remember wanting to, wanting to, to say something about that, you know. It's the first time I had uh, an idea of wanting to get even and wanting to, to comment on how destructive these teachers were, you know? And so I, I, that was my promise I made to myself. And then when I got, when I was getting out of high school, I majored in electronics at City College and then I got disenchanted with that. And, and so I, I wanted to be a, a photojournalist as well that didn't work out too well, of course. But anyway, so I uh, wanted to, I kept my, I remember my promise that I made about wanting to comment on the area I grew up in because it was, everyone was from Mississippi. And it was it was like, it was just like being in the South, everyone except they didn't have the mosquitoes that they had there, but other than that, it was the South, you know, the police and everything was really oppressive, you know, and yeah. it was segregated as it can be. And so I remember this pledge I made to myself that I'm gonna say something about the condition that I lived in, you know, and yeah. how people were suffering but also the of discriminative reasons. Anyway, that's how I got started.
0: Yeah. That, well, thank you for that. There are other filmmakers that are, cons- mm. I guess, considered by the powers that be to be part of the LA rebellion. The filmmakers from UCLA, Julie Dash is one. Oh, who am I leaving out? Uh, Holly.
2: Holly Gamima and, and, and the and Sharon a- Larkin, Barbara McCullough. Uh, there was a bunch of particularly women who don't get the, the names and things like the publicity, but there were a lot of uh talented women there at the time as well. See
0: see those last two names again because I think I spoke over. Here. Okay,
2: okay, there were there's Sharon Alile Larkin, uh and she's still making films, and Barbara McCullough, uh a bunch of folks. You know. Yeah.
0: Well I'm curious about I'm curious <laughs> about the collaborative efforts because after after watching Bless Their Little Hearts, that you and Billy worked obviously you collaborated on that in, in a lot of different ways. And in some ways, Killer of Sheep, Bless Their Little Hearts feel very much like bookends to mm-hmm. a to a story. Um they're, they seem to be, or they complement one another in terms of the filmmaking, mm. the style of filmmaking, the stories that are being told, the connection to family and community. There's a lot of things that they share and told in different ways, but nonetheless, they, they seem to share a lot of sensibility. Billy, is that a fair assessment of, of those two works?
1: I think so. I think what happened, maybe uh, he didn't finish or put everything into the one, to the one he made before. He gave me part two, in a way. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, uh, I think, yeah, why not? Did, uh, a guy from Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, Worth Long once told me, you always need a B-side, you know? You have <laughs> A-side and a B-side on a record. So yeah, maybe so. And if people see them like that, OK? It's good well, company.
0: Am I being fair? Is that does is? I mean, it sounds yeah. like yeah. Okay.
2: Sure. I well,
0: actually, he the- didn't finish the
1: thing because he would have been going on for five hours, so he had this <laughs> this thing over, and you play it in a way. Yeah. Uh, there was a man. What was his name? What was his name James Sneed. He was a film theorist, and he worked. He was at the University of uh, Pittsburgh. And I remember once he came to a screening in Harlem and he said, Oh, it's like the guy with a job and the problems of that. And now it's a guy without a job and the problems with that. So, I mean, yeah, in a way. Well, that- actually,
2: I was going to say, actually, there's some truth to that because, you know, K- a Killer Sheep was supposed to be in three parts, a much longer film. And it covered these three sections of his life, you know. And uh, when they, kicked me out of school because we stayed there too long. I had to, you know, um, shorten it a bit, you know, and and cut out the other two parts. And but it was but the other two parts were a lot different because he does lose his job. He quits. He goes on vacation, and then he comes. Uh, he has to go back to work, and 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 so it's so his problems start all over again, you know, in a sense. Okay. So it, it, there there is a little truth to what Billy was saying about that
0: and in, in In terms of those two films as filmmakers, mm. you get some great performances out mm. of the people who are in the, in both of these films. Mm. And uh, in terms of sort of grounding you as a filmmaker, Charles, I'll mm. open this question up to you. Uh, in terms of your the learning curve for how to tell a story, mm. uh, what was the takeaway for you as a as a filmmaker moving forward in your career? Um, it maybe it's a technical a- aspect of it but certainly handling uh, the different actors what was the sort of the takeaway for you Is it...
2: i think uh, opening up in a certain way because i was i was kind of like very shy when i was you know quite younger and I, I had a very bad speech impediment and so i was concerned about would i be able to communicate with the actors and things like that and be able to to, to speak because for a while i had this this fear of talking to people you know and so that was a process of getting over that you know and one of the things I found that it was sort of a natural thing to, to to talk to people before that it was really kind of unnatural in a way but that was my biggest fear talking in front of audiences and things like that and a small group of actors was uh I got over that and that was a big help and just in terms of you know my my growing you know in in an environment where I, to socialize so but I think what it was it was one of the good things about UCLA is that it made you if you want to make a film if you want to be a filmmaker you had to do all these things you know and they sound everything and work with other people and you have to talk about things that you would normally not normally talk about you know so that helped to get over the shyness but um, you know I had these illusions at first you know like I was really involved and interested in neorealism so there was this notion that well you don't use real actors, you know, you use uh, just ordinary people and you get a better performance. I found that wasn't exactly true. I mean, this is a learning curve, right? You yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. what I did with Sleep With Anger, I used professional actors and you see how how great it is, you know, and how that, even though my actors didn't have, I mean, one other one I used, Charles Bracey, who had worked in my other films, didn't have a clue on how to make a film. And so, I mean, I was when I was working on uh, uh, Killer Sheep, uh, one of the actors, a really good friend of mine, he got, he got ill, and so he couldn't come one day, and he asked me, he says, well, can another person take his place? And I already shot some film on him, you know, how come he couldn't understand that I can't replace him in the middle of a scene, you know? And then I realized, the, the you know, the, the difference and all sorts of things, you, you sort of you learn as you go, you know, yeah. and that was...
0: I am I am so sorry. I'm afraid we've just run out of time. I know you guys are mm. on a pretty tight schedule here today. So, Billy, I, I apologize. I'd love to talk to you guys. In fact, any time, I would love to have you back on to talk about your film careers and mm. the storytelling and, and uh, all of the things that you've gone experienced as filmmakers and in life as well. But I do want to let people know that the Turner Classic Movie mm. Film Festival is going to be starting on May 6th, run through the 9th. And your section is called the LA Rebellion. And it is part of the special collections section of the film festival. Truly uh, love to talk to you some more. So thank you, though, for your time today. Really appreciate it. We've been talking with Billy Woodbury as well as Charles Burnett. Thank you so very much. Thank you.